Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millennial God Podcast. My name is Pat Samuels, and today I'm here with my good friend, Tanner Lawson. Uh, Tanner and I went to high school together, but more recently, we went on a highly unsuccessful fishing trip together just this morning where we only caught a few fish, so it's certainly nothing to brag about. Uh, but I'm super excited to have him on. He's going to talk a little bit about his testimony and what it was like growing up in Sheridan, as well as uh, some of the things that he's overcome and uh, the role that God has played in his life is Tanner Lawson. Tanner, thanks so much for coming on. Um, let's start with just your testimony, man. Let's let's start from the beginning and uh, let's just talk about your testimony. Where, where'd you start? Uh, well, started and we grew up in Sheridan, obviously. Um, you know, normal, pretty normal, normal growing up. Yeah. Uh, my stepdad and my brother would fight sometimes, you know, that nothing normal or nothing abnormal about that to happen, but you know, I didn't like seeing that, but yeah. that affected me a little bit, but not too bad. And, um, you know, my, my oldest brother, Clay, he, he kind of took me under his wing growing mm -hmm. up and stuff like that. So he was always there for me. Never, never, ever let anybody do anything to me or, yeah. any, you know, I was made sure I was okay. Yeah. Stuff yeah. taught me how to, how to drive a go-kart, skateboard, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Like a good big brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like should be, you know, yeah. storming at night, go run to his room type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about, um, I guess, you know, uh, spoiler alert for you guys. Uh, you kind of started to trend down. Um, not a great path, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay. I guess at what point did you feel like, you know, was that in, was that as early as elementary school? Was it in middle school? Like where did you feel like you start just the, the starting point for, um, maybe where you started to make some decisions that weren't the best. Right. Right. Um, I was nine years old. First time I smoked weed, yeah. you know, probably wasn't the greatest decision yeah. I ever made, but you know, but I didn't smoke every day at, at that point. It yeah. was on and off here and there. And then about 12, 13 years old, you know, I started smoking weed pretty yeah. much every day. Yeah. Started selling it, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then, so May 17th, 2006 was when my brother got shot and paralyzed. And yep. it went from him taking care of me all the time to, to me taking care of him. Yeah. You know, it's a big transition, you know. Uh, and that, that to finding out that news, I didn't just find out like, like subtly. Yeah. It was my, I woke up, I was woken, woken up by my stepdad, um, I guess he probably didn't know how to tell me. Yeah. So he kind of just like, that is exactly how it happened. He wake up, we're going to the hospital. Your brother's probably never going to walk in. And he, I, I didn't understand. Like I was silent the whole way to the hospital. Like yeah. I didn't say a word. Like trying to, what do you mean? Like trying to, didn't realize like he could be paralyzed. I didn't know what the heck he meant. Like yeah. literally I didn't know. It, it was very confusing. And then, and then we got there and then my mom told me, you yeah. know, uh, uh, he'd been shot three times you know one yeah. of them severed his spine yep got lobs in there and he lost his movement from the waist down so that really affected me and you know that that was a big change in point because literally the afternoon after school uh before it happened he uh he would always come find me me and tommy and everybody we'd be yeah. skateboarding around town yeah. every day after school um clay would always find a way to find me whether he's riding his bike or driving yeah. or yep. he would always he knew where i'd be somewhere around riding but uh, so that was weird, you know, I was literally riding with him the day before and yeah. And then I saw him on the bed and he's all hooked up and that was just weird. Yeah. So I didn't know how to take that. And 
But I mean, basically, I just started smoking even more weed, and then I started experimenting with uh, painkillers. Yeah, and then what? It, about what age was that? About fourteen. Fourteen. Um, yeah. I started experimenting a little bit, and then I started taking them as often as I could. Yeah, about fifteen, sixteen years old. Yeah, and I was developing an addiction. I didn't even realize. I just thought I was having a good time. It yeah. made me feel yeah. good. I didn't realize even really what addiction was. Yeah. So was doing that, you know, and then experimenting with other drugs, um, all different kinds of stuff. And yeah, before we, uh, that's a good point. Um, you know, one that you didn't even realize that you were sort of like falling right. into addiction. Right. I right. think that's a common misconception is that people who get addicted to drugs, like they make a, you know, very conscious decision, like, Oh, I want to get involved oh, yeah. in this life, you know, but it, it, it really was like a Definitely. progression from yeah. like a sort of trial and error into just like right. you know, progressively harder. Um, I want to ask you real quick, what, what kind of, you know, we've worked with a lot of youth, uh, in the past, especially in Indiana, we ran a nonprofit, uh, for, in Sheridan for a little while. Um, and that was kind of geared towards, you know, positive influences in people's lives. Um, at this point in your life, you know, would you say that, what could you say about the influences that you had in your life? You know, did, were the people around you um, kind of influencing you to get more involved in drugs? Uh, like, what would you say that was like? Uh, I would, I, honestly, if you want me to be honest, I was probably more of an influence than yeah. people were on me. I yeah. mean, like, my friends and stuff, I probably wasn't the best influence yeah. on them. I was probably bringing around, around a lot more stuff than they might not have been exposed to at that yeah. point. Yeah. But, um, no, my, my, my brother, he wasn't the best influence, obviously. He yeah. was my best friend, but a good influence. Yeah. After, yeah. after he got shot, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I, it's not necessarily that people were influencing me. It's it's I was more influencing people. Like, because sure. yeah. that's all I, like, all I knew really yeah. was drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then at, at that point, you know, you start getting into a little bit more harder drugs around yeah, the age so, of 14 and then uh, yeah, I started taking painkillers and stuff yeah. about 15 years old and stuff uh morphine biking and stuff yep. like that and like i said i didn't even realize i was because they don't really do a good job of teaching you how addiction works they just say don't do these drugs and yeah. then they just they don't yeah. if you ask me they don't and they also make it seem like like you said that it just oh it's a choice like yeah. you made it now no, I didn't. I didn't realize what I was doing. I thought it was making me feel good. I didn't know. So then the addiction builds, you don't, and then next thing you know, you don't have it. And then yeah. you're physically and mentally dependent on it. And yeah. then that, then it sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all a good time for a while. And it, yeah. So then that kind of leads you into, I guess, when we were in high school together and um, can you talk through sort of um, maybe things got even, even worse, I guess, as we yeah. were in high school. Yeah. So getting to high school and stuff, you know, and then meeting more people, getting introduced to more drugs, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then you just start giving up on, you don't care about if you're getting in trouble at school, you know, it's, uh, I was cussing out teachers and stuff like that and not caring really. Yeah. And then, I don't know, you feel invincible, I guess. And then, yep. <laughs> yeah. So then that, that took me, I left Sheridan to go to Options Charter School. Yep. At, I think I was about 16 or so. Well, I left Sheridan 
went to Noblesville schools for a semester. And then mm -hmm. that next year I came back to Sheridan and then got kicked out of Sheridan yeah. and then went to options. And then I got actually arrested at options. Yep. Um, I was 18 years old. It was two weeks after my 18th birthday. Uh, never been in serious trouble before really nothing that stuck. Yeah. And, uh, and it was two weeks after my 18th birthday, I got arrested for possession of marijuana on school property. Yep. And they've, my, uh, it's actually kind of, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. They acted like when you look at my report or whatever, mm -hmm. my uh, charges, Yeah. it says like over 10 pounds or so. I didn't even have a quarter ounce yeah. on yeah. me yep. <laughs> and it looked and they, I don't know, they, yeah. they tried hitting me with dealing and everything, for, yeah. but I didn't stick. So, but that was my first serious charge. Um, Clay actually made me sit in jail for a month yep. <laughs> for hard love, you know, yeah. trying to straighten me up. But yeah. Didn't work. Apparently. Didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that wasn't fun. Yeah. And then, so then, it was shortly after that. I was probably nineteen or so. I started using heroin. You know, yeah. it was easy to get to. They were starting to crack down on prescription painkillers yeah. and stuff like that. So it's cheap, easy to get. Yeah, I guess what you know. What was the decision point? Was it? You felt you, you already sort of had like an, uh, an opioid addiction. And so yeah. heroin was just sort of yeah. like the, the Easy next easiest thing to get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess. And then where, you know, what did that, what did that turn your life into from there? Uh, hell, yeah. <laughs> a mess. Yeah. Um, you know, I started off it and it's crazy. Cause I would even would you using with people, I would even say like, like, um, like, why do people think this is so bad? It's not so bad. Yeah. And it's like killing people and stuff. But I'm like, you're saying it's so bad. It's not yeah. so bad. But then you get clean and you're, you're mauled, you're, your uh, mind unfogs and it's easy. It's bad. Yeah. But, um, and so how long were you using for that period of time, at least initially? How long were you using before? Uh, like strictly like heroin. Yeah. Um, so I did about, used it for about two years yeah um and that, at that point when i first started it wasn't constant and i wasn't even using the needle yeah right away i was only snorting it every so often and yeah. if i couldn't get painkillers or whatever but it was still it was, still, it was it, i was a wreck um so then i had to go cut another charge for possession of it's like a, a bowl or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I, like paraphernalia. Yeah, or something. paraphernalia, yeah. like a weed pipe. Yeah. But, um, I had to, and, and this is the timelines are going to be yeah. all a little fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. but um, caught another charge and I was 20 or 21. So I ended up going back. But then after I got out of jail that time, I started using the needle and then it was, yeah. it was over. Yeah. There. And then, and I would get clean and I would, short period of time and then go back to it and then yeah. but as i was clean i was using other drugs too, yeah, yeah so like i wasn't really so that was probably in like the 2000 like 11 2000 to 2015 probably somewhere in that range right yeah like yeah, three four then, years kind of on and off right yeah and then uh it's been on and off since uh, since i started using yeah. for the most part but then I would go, go on real long binges and stuff and then yeah. want to get clean. And then 
And I don't know, and then people, places, and things they say, um, which is it's true. Yeah. But they, uh, let's see, where should I, should I go? I guess there? from, uh, um, so, you know, you're kind of using intermittently. You went back to prison or back to jail. Uh, oh, yeah. And then you. And then, uh, well, anyway, so I get, I got my GD yep. in jail in yep. 2011. Um, but so fast forward 2013, uh, Clay actually passed away. Yeah. That, that really hit me hard. Yeah. Um, was that from just his injuries? Yeah, it, it's just health yeah. issues that yeah. ended up happening. Uh, and then that took his life. And then, uh, so I started going, going hard again, you know, yeah. and, uh, well, using it kind of like to cope almost. Yeah. 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 You know, and then I, see i'm pretty sure i caught some more charges for oh oh so actually the the day clay passed away which it, i'm a selfish asshole for this but sorry for my language right. uh, i got arrested at the hospital for possession of xanax yeah and uh that i ended, ultimately ended up doing nine months in prison yep got out stayed clean for a little while but you can't do it on you can't do it on sheer willpower. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 can't do it yourself. No, no, definitely not. Um, worked for a little while, end up back on it. So I got out and out of that in 2015. Yeah. Um, and then is that when you went to restoration? No, no, no. That that's a little later on. Okay. Um, so I got out of prison and then uh, ended up back on it on the on the stuff and. 2015 yep. into 2016. So in 2016, I caught a heroin case for a syringe and, and heroin. Yep. And uh, then on top of that, I can't remember what was first. I'd have to look it up, but yeah. it's one way or the other. I think I got, no, I got my DUI first. Yep. And then on top of my DUI, I got caught with syringe and heroin afterwards. Yep. And then, so I was in double trouble for all that. And, and I got out and uh, I got released in the beginning of 2018, I think. Yeah. Um, and then. And that's when you went to restoration? Uh, that, no, restoration was 2019. Oh, okay. So uh, 2018, I ended up living out of my car with uh, my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And we were just living out of my car down in Indy, homeless, strung out really bad, yeah. no good. And this is about the time, because beforehand, when it came to religion and stuff like that, I didn't care. I don't know if I believed or not necessarily. Yeah. Um, tell people I didn't believe in God. I didn't care. I didn't, there was nothing yeah. super significant in my life that made me want to or anything. Yeah. So it's 2018. Um. Me and my girlfriend are in the back seat of my car, and she did a shot. Yeah. Um, and she st she overdosed, and she turned blue, uh, turned blue, foaming out the mouth, yeah. and no heartbeat, uh, and it scared me to death. So not even realizing it, I'm giving her CPR, praying, yeah, stuff. You know, don't 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 let her like this can't be. Yeah. And I end up calling. 911 and as soon as the 911 answers she just takes like a big deep breath and, 
Wow. And just like comes back. Yeah. And I just hang up the phone. Yeah. Like, cause I was going to call it in, but yeah, then she, yeah. you know, and I didn't want to have, you yeah, know. Yeah. I understand. So I just hung up. And <laughs> then that happened again another time in 2018. The same thing. I was wow. then at CPR. She was blue, foaming, no heartbeat. Praying she, again. Yeah, praying again. Yep. Of course, what was I doing? Didn't necessarily believe, but what did I find myself doing when yeah. I was in probably one of the scariest situations I've ever been in, having yeah. to think like I'm gonna have to call her parents. Like, yeah. Damn, I mean, yeah, you know, that's just I yeah. mean that oh, yeah. it's scare you to death. Yeah. But so then I was like, well, there's gotta be something. Like I didn't bring her back to yeah. life. Yeah. I know that twice much. this happened. Yeah, and... yeah. Yeah. But so then yeah, that happened. So I was not good at the homeless thing. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a life that suits some, you, some, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> some people are built for it, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Not you. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm a, I was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calling my mom crying and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was not the life for me. But, uh, so yeah, so then, uh, then that's when we decided we were going to go get help. And uh, now this isn't my current girlfriend. Yeah. This is an ex and stuff, so. Uh, just so people don't get confused and whatnot. Yeah. But um, so I decided to go to Cincinnati Restoration Church, you know, and really dove into it. Yeah. And that was the first time I really took it serious about being clean and stuff. But yeah. I ended up leaving there in 2019. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you and I um, talked a little bit about, you know, we we talked before about uh, Restoration Church itself, yeah. and yeah. you know there's some good and some bad i think uh if you could right now for us maybe just highlight some of the good that you saw in that program because i think for you know people who may be listening to this podcast you know as they want to approach yeah. um you know trying to help people with addiction or that kind of thing yeah. you know what are what are the good things that you saw in restoration that people could take away from well and and so i don't want i in no way am I talking down about no, that no, no. place. Yeah. No, they, yeah. I have, they have. There's good, good and bad. I everything. respect them yeah. so much. Like they, they were part of me changing my life. Yeah. I did after I left, I did relapse, but you know, they yeah. did, they made a huge difference yeah. in my life. Yeah. And I love the people there. Um, so the good, you know, is, is they're really good people. They, they're willing to take you in. Yeah. No, no papers. You don't need, as long as you're not, as long as you're on probation and your probation officer doesn't say no, you can't go there. Yeah. It's just like legal stuff is the yeah, only yeah, reason yeah. they would ever turn you down. Yep. Um, the good I took away from it is, you know, they taught me how to sort of get into my Bible yeah. and taught me that there is, there is good in people. There's good places to go. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of good there. Uh, did you feel like it was like I guess, a family too? Yeah. You get to know each other. You're stuck in yeah. with each other forever. Yeah, you yeah. get to feel like a big family there. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you feel like maybe, you know, with the experience with your your girlfriend at the time, uh, maybe you started to feel like God was reaching out to you? And then did you feel like? Oh, oh yeah. So let me tell you, this is sure. how. This is how crazy this is. So. Yeah. Um. Uh. I reached out to my dad for help. You know, I was yeah. at the time I told him I said, I'm done. I don't know. Like, I need, I need help. Yeah. I'm at the same for me. And he was like, well, you know, coincidentally, I don't know what word you want to use yeah. for it, but, um, so what they do at the restoration churches, sometimes they go out of state and 
fundraise and hand out their yep. flyers yep. and stuff like that. And they had, the women's center just happened to run into my dad in a parking lot wow. randomly. And, like right know, before you called him? testimony and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a day or two beforehand. Wow. Yeah. And that's how I ended up there. So <laughs> they, did, they, they, they do do good work there. It's a little bit extreme for my taste, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, right. I love them. They're, they're great people. Yeah. So then coming out of restoration, did you feel like, you know, I felt, I felt new. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did honestly, but really, and no disrespect to, I'm not gonna use names or anything, but no disrespect to her or anything. Yeah. I wish her the best, all that, but, uh, and I should have listened. Don't, shouldn't have got back with my yeah. girlfriend. I yeah. should have, you know, other yeah. options or whatever but yeah. i loved her at the time so yeah. i got back with her and stuff and ultimately that kind of was my downfall we kind of were each other's downfall yeah. again i guess sort of from the more religious perspective or the religious side of things you felt like did you feel like coming out of there you were you said you felt new yeah i did i did feel um, new. i did you know you kind of had this like new, new energy yeah new energy um and then i guess at what point did you sort of trend back to your old ways was that uh josh's it was, it was, i think it lasted about six months yeah and, I, and then i kind of got out of my bible and yeah. and uh, started we started doing things again that yeah. shouldn't have and then it was all downhill again and then, yeah so what year was that that was so that was 2019 so i got out of Cincinnati restoration I left in like January or February of 2019 yeah so about six months after that I think yeah I started again and then so that was was that around Josh's funeral then right because Josh yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah actually yeah yeah so I think that's a good point maybe for me to talk about too yeah. um is I think a lot of people you know I mentioned this to you earlier but a lot of people don't know that uh when we were in high school you know I sort of I became a Christian uh sort of like later in high school um, or I like really decided, you know, to take it seriously later in high school for sure. And, um, Josh was, uh, like the first person that I ever like reached out to right. about like going to church, uh, or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, he and I would go to church on Sunday mornings. Um, I, you know, I highly doubt like anybody else even knew that Josh and right. I were, were friends. Um, but yeah, so he and I would go to church and then, um, obviously, you know, just because I was living in New York at the time and everything, I, right. I didn't have any contact with very many people. And, uh, yeah, then learned that Josh passed away uh, in the yeah, summer of, of 2019. Um, and you know, for me, I think that it really struck because it just was a reminder about urgency. Like I never, you know, there's, there's so many people in my life that, uh, I felt like I hadn't taken my relationship seriously enough with right. where, um, you know, maybe I'd shared the gospel with them once, but I hadn't followed up or I just never even, you know, shared the gospel with them at all. Um, and so I, I think for me, it was just a reminder about the urgency because like, you know, you never know when your last right. day is going to be, you never know when your friend's yeah, right. last day is going to be. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's just a reminder about how urgent people need to hear about who Jesus is. Right. Um, because I mean, you know, they could ultimately make a decision that, that, changes or ends their life yeah that was a very sad day um i yeah. remember when i was told about it too it's very sad yeah and, and that was kind of that kind of that yeah, was out of nowhere too. yeah and, and then that kind of stuff always is too yeah and, and i know you mentioned that that kind of you know 
again, it was kind of a coping mechanism getting back into right. uh, into drugs on the backside of that. Can you talk, you shared a story with me before, earlier about um, Johnny uh, and how you got clean sort of the second time coming out of there. Can you, can you just share that story? Because I think it's a really good example of whenever we take relationships seriously with people uh, that we're, we're close to, you know, I think the story that you shared with me about Johnny uh, is a really good example of like what people need to be doing for each other, you know? So, so let me, like, sorry, let me set the stage. Cause you know, I, I've jumped on his truck a couple of times. So yeah. Which, yeah. Which, which, sorry. Uh, so come after, um, after Josh's funeral, after you're um, back on drugs again, uh, and then you're trying to get clean again now. So you, you jumped on Johnny's truck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I wanted, I, I tried going back to Cincinnati restoration, like I said, and uh, it just, I couldn't do it again. It yeah. was just a little extreme yeah. for my taste personally. Um, so I called Johnny, you know, and of course on a dime, yeah. he's there to come grab me, yeah. him and him and our friend, Bob. Yeah. Uh, we jumped on his truck that night after we got back and it was okay for a day or two, but then I started getting sick. Yeah. So yeah. he, uh, he took me and dropped me off at hospital or at a gas station. Yeah. Cause yeah, he was underloaded. It's understandable. Yeah. So yeah, I, so you guys, Johnny's a trucker. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. He was driving uh, like a load from uh, I think Wisconsin down to another state, and uh, he picked up Tanner on the way uh, as Tanner was trying to get clean, um, so he could ride in his truck with him. And then, yep. yeah, so he drops you off at the at, at the a gas, gas station, station yeah. so I could get get to an ambulance and get because yeah. I was I was really sick, I couldn't dehydrate and uh, yeah. start. I was at this point, I was kind of starting to hallucinate from dehydration and. Yep couldn't quit throwing up and stuff so i wasn't even throwing up at a certain yeah. point it was just gag like yeah, yeah. dry yeah. It, 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 I don't know, it was bad yeah so yeah and then um i get there they get me all situated and stuff and, and then my current girlfriend she uh she i was talking to her on the phone she said well you're just going to come down here to evansville yeah you know we're going to get you right it's like yeah. been here been there since yeah yeah and so, so you think that Moving to Evansville, you know, it's a new new place for you. Maybe having a fresh start, clean oh, slate, yeah. oh, that, yeah. has that helped oh, in yeah. terms of staying away from, you know, people oh, yeah. you, you were involved with drugs with? Definitely had to cut a lot of people off, which is sad. Yeah. Some of them you get really close to and and stuff. And But if they're not willing to change or anything, then they you can't have them bring you down to, yeah. like, at a certain point, you know, you want to try to help them as much as you can, but they got to want to help themselves, too. That's a big thing people don't realize is yeah. – I've tried in the past doing it. You can't just do it for your mom or yeah. your baby or your kids or yeah. whatever, whoever. You can't just do it for your family. First and foremost, you got to do it for yourself. Yeah. Because um, I've tried doing it just for my family and stuff like that, and that yeah. only lasts so long. Because then it's, it's you don't start. You stop worrying about yourself. You know, you yeah. just worry oh, yeah. about doing it for them, and then yeah. ultimately that's not enough. I mean, I hate to say it, but you got to do it for yourself first yeah. before you can do it for anybody else. Yeah. So. There's that. Um, I was saying something to you. I got off track. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, um, here, let me ask you. I've got a couple more questions for yeah, you. Um, first, I guess, you know, as you, you know, we're, I think you're still in the sort of stage of, you know, coming. I think you, you're a Christian by, by all means, right, you know, but right. you're still like sort of younger in your faith. You're trying to still figure out things, how to overcome oh, yeah. uh you know an addiction and, and you know trauma in your life and you're still in the process of overcoming right. a lot of that right um i guess as you look forward 
who would you say is the king of your life? Like, are, you know, have you learned any lessons from trying to run your own life or being in charge of your life versus, you know, putting oh, yeah. Christ in charge? Like, what's that look like? Trying to be in charge of my life leads me to the wrong people, yeah. the wrong places that you definitely don't want to be. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, living out of your car and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. you can't, you might say you're doing everything for yourself, by yourself, whatever, but at the end of the day, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I, there's something that's guiding me along. I mean, yeah, might make, think I'm making my own decisions, but I'm really, I mean, I'm yeah. doing what's best and you're leaning on right, God, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And uh, that's it. Yeah, because I couldn't. If I was still doing it by myself. I'd probably be living in my car again, out yeah. in yeah. freaking out in Indy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What would you say to somebody who? Let's say a you know a young kid, not necessarily addicted to heroin, but is starting to, you know, try drugs, uh, get in sort of get involved in and sort of uh, you know that culture. What would you say to somebody uh, early on? We'll get to you know what you would say to somebody right. who's like a, a heroin addict right now. But right, right now, you know, if, if a kid who's listening to the podcast or something uh, is like you know starting to to think about it, what would you say? I mean, don't. But then again, the kids. I mean, I, I would love to say, you know, that's not, yeah. you know, maybe do some research on people that yeah. end up doing like, then, you know, you don't what the actual effects. Are. Right. Yeah. yeah. You might, might feel good at first and stuff like that. And of course, when you're a kid and teenager doing that kind of, that's all you think about is yeah. how it's making you feel right then and there. Yeah. You don't think about the long-term effects. Long -term. So it's, I would say something kind of like that, but, and I don't know if this is, bad to say or anything but mm -hmm. the kids are ultimately going to do what he's going to yeah. do and yeah. and you can try to change his mind you could try to show him this that or the other yeah and 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 just kind of hope that it would take he or she would take your advice yeah i guess you know let's say somebody does go down the wrong path and and you know you know just like yourself uh finds themselves as a heroin addict right now and they're they're watching this video what what kind of encouragement or what would you recommend for their next step to be, you know, what, you know, what does um, well, if they're currently in the addiction and they've never, if say they're even hiding it, maybe their family doesn't yeah. even know, just know that your, your family's more than likely going to be more supportive than you think yeah. when it comes to finding you help and you letting them know they'd rather you be upfront and honest about what's going on than come home yeah. and find you dead or get a phone call and say that you've overdosed or, yeah, yeah whatever's happened you know what i mean and so if if you want and are ready for help definitely you know uh somebody that you can talk to or parents yeah. grandparents aunts uncles cousins anybody that you know be good support yeah definitely reach out because it's not always a losing battle i know that for a fact yeah um if i can do it a lot i mean almost anybody can do it yeah. i guarantee you. anybody can do it if i can if i can do it yeah um it's a reach outs my, would be my biggest advice. If yep. you really want help and are really trying to be about it, yeah, reach out. Um, there's, there's, um, definitely help out there. And I actually think, hold on one second. Sorry. <laughs> it's not, it's not a terrible place. It is. I don't even know if I have it. Hang on. I can get it. Um, dang it! I was gonna say I can give you guys the, yeah. the Cincinnati Restoration sure, for yeah. info. Yeah, we can put it in the uh, the comments on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, as well. yeah, and I can I can I can text Brian and get it. Yeah, um, he's the 
last last I talked to him, he was still the the uh, oh the home leader, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he's like the head honcho over the men's yeah. home. Yep. Um, uh, definitely that they're, they're, and there there's there's not it's more there's more than just in Cincinnati they have there's like All last over. I yeah. left there was like 23 in the U.S. and a few in Mexico stuff yeah. like that so yeah. but you can you can reach the Cincinnati restoration and you can tell them where you're at yep. and then um, they can find the one closest to you or the one that, that benefits you the best yep to get help and stuff like that but there is there's it's free help it's no yeah it's no uh no insurance no yeah no nothing yeah i think one of the reasons i was initially interested in uh sort of the restoration church and and what they were able to you know how that how they were able to help you was because as you know selfishly as we look at rechurch right you know part of what we do is we rethink what the church's role in society right. is supposed to be right and so right. you know government or individual citizens or whatever it may be is going to come up they're going to come up with all sorts of solutions right, or yeah. you know proposed ideas about how to fix uh the addiction problems right. that we face in america right but at the end of the day i think your story is a an awesome example of how you can try time and time again right. uh, but it's not without you know putting christ in charge of your life right, exactly. that's whenever the the real the yeah. true like change of heart is going to happen yeah. Um, and so, you know, as, as, as we think through, you know, how do we want churches to be involved in their communities? I think offering, you know, something like, like Restoration Church, um, does where it's a free service for anyone to come and, you know, get clean and, and under, you know, kind of find a, find a way, uh, to change their heart and, and change their, you know, core intentions. Um, you know, I think that's something that, a lot of churches across America right. should be should be offering right. or should be providing for oh, people. Yeah, definitely, or uh, more programs like that. Yeah, right? I was, or you know, less 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 here. Get off this and start taking this. Yeah, kind of stuff. That. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there. My bad. No. Yeah, I, I was having the discussion just with a friend the other day about you know, like what's the government's solution to uh, like opioid addiction right now? It's like right. provide clean needles so yeah. that at least you're just like using a clean needle like All that's right. the solution right now like that is not going to change yeah, the heart of a person yeah. to to want and to do something else um and so for me you know it's been kind of cool because uh you know i knew you in high school and i knew uh sort of the path that you you had gone down and so for me it's just been awesome to see the change that you know in your life right. um and like the the awesome guy that you've become um and like you know i can i can definitely see like a change in your heart and i told you this you know whenever we had lunch uh, right. a couple of weeks ago was right, right. um i think that you know god like god has been telling me for a couple of years like you know don't forget about tanner lawson right. because i have a plan for his life um and so it's been awesome to see that sort of plan yeah. start to come together and um yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited to see what God has for you. Right. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, definitely. Uh, thanks for having me. For anybody who's listening, um, you know, just like he said, if you're facing opioid addiction or any, or any, kind, of any addiction, kind of addiction, yeah. really, yeah, um, you know, the best way, the best first step really is, is to try to get help. Um, and the most effective uh, solution that we've seen is, is to uh, put Christ as the king of your life uh, because that truly will change your life. Um, and so if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe and uh, leave us a comment in the comment section. And if you enjoyed this podcast or if you want to hear uh, a specific topic or subject or anything like that. And uh, thanks again for listening. God bless.
Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Millennial God Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a review. Uh, If you ever want to reach out, you can find us anywhere on social media. And you can also send us an email at millennialgodpodcast at protonmail.com. That's millennialgodpodcast at protonmail.com.